Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Oh, my goodness. Hey, everybody, I want to welcome you. Welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by. I have to tell you, I have been so looking forward to doing today's show uh, with my friend and colleague, Jack Alice. Now, we are going to talk about a lot of things today. But let me just tell you a little bit about Jack. He is the author. He's a spiritual teacher. Uh, in front of me, I have got his latest works, Prophecy, Challenge, and Blessing, Visions of 2012, and The Shift. I've also got in front of me a DVD, Power of Ceremony, and and I've got an article by Jack, Geoengineering and Synthetic Reality disentangling ourselves from illusions and setting our spirit free. And I'm going to tell you folks tonight, we are going to talk about all of them. You know, Jack has been on a journey, and you're going to hear us talk about that in the context of you know, his fabulous, fabulous book that he's put together. But he is somebody that doesn't just open up his mouth and talk what people want him to say. He talks the talk, he walks the walk, and his message is one of hope in action. It's about coming to the forefront and saying the truth of what's real in this world, what the shift is about, and how unique that is for each of us. But tonight you're going to hear about some of the things, some of the absolutely multidimensional aspects of, of what this year is about and beyond so for many people that are sitting and waiting and saying, oh, my gosh, you know, are we going to get to December 22nd? Well, you're going to hear about why you may or may not get to December 22nd of 2012. But here's what we will talk about. We will talk about 2012 and the shift. We'll talk about what this book, Prophecy, Challenge, and Blessing, is all about. And most importantly, Jack shares his vulnerability and his journey. And I'm so thrilled to have him on the show. Jack, thank you for joining us. It's great to have you here. Thank you very much. I'm honored to be on your show once again. Doctor. I think this is number five for us, Dr. Pat. That's great. It's awesome. I you know, always I'm getting, I've been never met in person, but I feel like I'm, you know, I feel like you're getting to be my, my sister or something, uh, getting to know you really well here. I love it, and I love the dedication that you sent in the book to me. Uh, a, I, no one has ever called me this, Jack. A multidimensional angel goddess. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's, you know, that, that's something to... Uh, aspire to is it not uh, oh in terms gosh, of the, the height of you know your potential and our potential as, as multi-dimensional spiritual beings you know I, I was reading your book and um, I was really struck by 
how interesting um, and how parallel in some respects our journeys have been. But one of the things I was really struck by was your your willingness and vulnerability to talk about the journey and to talk about how the process of writing this book really took on a life of its own and how you had to shift to make it happen. How does writing or how did writing this book, how did writing this book literally reflect the shift and the content, the very nature of what you were writing about? So the question is, how did your journey to write this actually reflect the journey itself of what we're talking about in 2012? Well, when I started writing the book, um, <clears throat> You know, I had a, a previous book called Infinity's Flower, um, A Tale of 2012 and the Great Shift of the Ages, uh, which was fiction. And uh, a lot of people think that uh, my publisher kept kept telling me that, you know, a lot of people don't like fiction because they think it's make-believe or they think it's a fantasy or, or something like that. And they said, you know, you've got to write a work of nonfiction. And um, so I had all this in my head, and I've been, you know, traveling around the country giving talks and everything. And I said, what I'll do for this book is I'm just going <clears> to <throat> write the things that I talk about. I do a 90-minute talk, and I'm just going to write it all out, <clears throat> expand upon things a little bit. And so I had a formula. You know, this, this is the formula. This is what people really need to know about 2012 and the shift. And I'll just, I thought it was just going to be a piece of cake because I'd, ta- I'd said these things so many times, and I, I wrote it all in the other book, but it was a work of fiction. And I just thought this, I thought this was going to take me you know, like six months, just, just bang it out. And um, what happened was, uh, as I began to write the book, um, things started changing for me personally so, so dramatically. And in so many ways, um, the primary thing that changed was me meeting um, a Mayan elder and forming an alliance with a Mayan elder who's just about uh, an hour north of me right now uh, at Deer Mountain in, um, in California, north of Mount Shasta. That was probably the, the most uh, you know, the most significant thing that happened. You know, that started changing things for me in terms of I started I kind of started entering a, a different world. You know, the world of, of the ancient uh, the world of the original teachings of the ancient Maya basically is the world that I entered, which was a different world than, than the world I was accustomed to. <clears throat> but even uh, even in addition to that, uh, and even before I met I met Tata Eric, things were changing uh, so so dramatically for me. Uh, just in general, uh, and most of the changes that were due to, you know, this shifting world that we're living in, and, you know, part of the shifting world we're talking about, we're not only talking about the world changing, but, you know, a fundamental element of the world changing involves uh, each and every one of us as individuals uh, changing. Um, and that's kind of the first step in changing the world. It, it begins with healing ourselves, and it begins with, you know, transforming ourselves. And, you know, once we get ourselves, you know, on that track, you know, then we can look at the bigger picture of what part we, what part we play in changing the world. So uh, things were changing so dramatically that I would, you know, I'd get to the end of it. I'd get to, you know, the end of, say, Chapter 6 or, or whatever it was, and I would look back at the beginning of the book, and I'd go, my God, you know, it, that just isn't even me anymore. <laughs> I mean, look what I wrote in the first chapter. It's just not me anymore. I said, what am I going to do? <clears throat> and so I decided to incorporate that into the book. And I, I started getting uh, uh, the beginning parts of the book were not at all, um, you know, it wasn't uh, self-disclosure. It wasn't anything personal. It was just, you know, factual, you know, dealing with 2012 and the great shift of the ages. Uh, but I found as I went along that I just simply had to start getting personal. I had to start talking about my own life. I had to start talking about my own experiences. I had to talk about, start talking about how, how dramatically I was changing and how, how dramatically I was shifting. And um, it all of a sudden dawned upon me that this can be a really wonderful way for me to attempt to get across my message uh, 
because it is very, very true that I was living all the things that I was writing about. This isn't just something that's going on in my head. You know, like so many people write books that are just so academic, um, you know, they don't involve any personal experience at, at all, really. And so, so many of these things were, um, you know, so many of these things were, were, were part of my own personal experience. And so, I'll, it, but I, I thought that would be a great way, this will become a great way for me to convey my message, you know, on the basis of my own personal experience. And I said that. I said to my readers, I said, uh, I'm going to have to change because, and this is going to start getting more personal, I'm going to start talking about my own personal experiences. And if I maybe if I do that, that will even you know embellish you know the message that I'm trying to get across here because uh, you know the way that I'm living does in fact uh, embody all of these things. So everything just kind of took on a life of its own at, at that point. And when I got to the end of the book, I actually went back to the beginning, and I completely uh, I, I, I I wrote chapter one of the book um, at the end. You know, I got to the end and I looked at my book and I said I just have to write a whole new chapter one and I have to you know explain some of these things and get into the personal aspect of it and, and, you know, start to update this and start writing from the point of view of who I am now, you know, as opposed to who I was a year and a half ago, you know, when I began this whole process. And then after I got done revising that first chapter, I had to rewrite almost the entire second chapter. And then after that, I, I think I, I, I rewrote the first, uh, I think it was maybe the first three chapters. And I think by the time I got to chapter four, I said, okay, this is now enough, you know, this is close enough, and I won't have to modify anything else. And I think at that point I went back and I wrote, you know, another preface or something. But then I, I finally got to the point where I said to myself, look, you know, I can just keep writing this book forever. I, I have to just, uh, uh, you know, get to a point where I just say, okay, that's it. I'm done now. And, uh, and so that's kind of, kind of what the process uh, consisted of. And it, it was a wonderful adventure for me to, to go through this. And I think because of that, the book might be a little choppier than I would have liked, uh, but I, I really, and maybe a little bit redundant in terms of I uh, kind of wrote about the same thing maybe in, in a couple of chapters. But um, I really don't think that that, you know, that that hurts the message at all. Um, I think a lot of the things that I wrote about are things that, you know, people can hear over and over and over again, um, and that's a, a, a wonderful way of, 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 of learning a lot of these things. I know that when I listen to my, to my new mentor, uh, Tata Eric, you know, the Mayan elder, when I, when I listen to his teachings, it's so interesting that, you know, every time I listen to him talk, um, he is, on the one hand, he's always saying the same thing, and yet, on the other hand, it's always different. He's always, there's always a, a little bit of a different spin. There's always something, you know, several different new things to learn in there. So, on the one hand, it's always the same, and on the, on the other hand, it's always different. And um, that, that's, kind of, that's kind of the way it, it was for me also. So, um yeah, you know, let me just say something. I mean, you know, you're, you know, you're absolutely right. I think that, you know, sometimes you get a message and you hear it over and over again. By the way, Jack, I didn't experience that in reading the book. You know, what I experienced in reading Good. the book. Yeah. What I experienced is a new way of hearing, uh, this message. And let me give you a specific example and maybe you can address this. And I think that, you, you know, you must have gone, I think you must have gone back and, you know, rewritten the introduction as well. <laughs> because one of the things that I, that I started to, to read, and I actually pulled some of this out in a quote and sent it to my, my team. You know, you talk about, um, you talk about that we, in order for us to play our part, this is what you say in creating a new world, it's necessary for each of us to shift our energy so that it resonates and is in harmony 
with the energy in the fields surrounding us. And then you go on to talk about that. You then go to say, when we resonate in harmony with the energy in our world, we begin to manifest incredible things in our lives. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because, uh, you know, had the uh, – uh, what is the what is the thing that came out, the, the book and the movie that came out, you know, that everybody's read, The Law of Attraction, right? Had the Law of Attraction even came, come close to addressing energy shifts and vibrations and fields, we would have been light years ahead. But you address it in your book, and you go on to say, when enough of us play in this game, right, you call this critical mass. When enough of us do that, what happens is we generate the power to create a whole new world, one that is in harmony. But then you go on to say, and I'd like you to address this, when all of this is going on, and we're all, some of us are changing, some of us are not, there's this resulting feeling that the world is crumbling. And I really get the sense that for a lot of people, that's true. For me, I know my old world crumbles, and like you, you know, I have had to have most of what I own in this lifetime stripped away, including my health. And, you know, we wonder why that process is so important. I would like you to just talk about this energy, this shift, and this idea of angst that people, not an idea, but the feeling, the feeling that, you know, angst and a crumbling world is upon us. Wow. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot there. Um, you wrote it. There. By the way, folks, I just want to tell you, Jack says there's a lot there. That, by the way, is like one paragraph in his book. Dr. Pat, I attempted. Um, it's great. I love it. I attempted, and this, this may sound odd to people, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it anyway. Um, and this is how I feel about when I, when I read something that's channeled, and um, and something that really resonates with me that, that's channeled. Lots of times I read stuff that's channeled that's it's just garbage. <clears throat> but when I read something that's channeled that really strikes a chord in me, um, my, I always feel the same way about it. And it can be a book that's, you know, ten chapters long. And yet it seems as though every sentence in the book is a hologram for the entire book. So you can almost pick up the book in any spot and just read a paragraph, and that will be a hologram for the entire message. And the whole book ends up, you know, being like that. It's all a hologram. So um, you know what a hologram is in terms of that, that uh, you know, one piece uh, holds the, the entire whole, the entire picture. Uh, it's like a puzzle. If you take one piece out of a puzzle, that piece basically will represent the entire puzzle. Um, and you can build the entire puzzle from that one piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and I endeavored to write a book that, that, that would be that way, and I think I, I did pretty well at that in terms of you can pretty much pick it up at any point and just start reading, um, and you're going to get you know, a piece that's going you know, to give you a real indication of, of, what, of what the whole hologram is. Um, let me just comment. About, I'm just going to pick out, say, one okay. One thing about what you, what you you're, I, I took some notes here, Doctor Pat, and I have four <laughs> different components of the of the question or the statement that you just made. Perfect. Um, so I'm just going to I'm just going to take out uh, one of them here, and let's talk about the world crumbling, and let's talk about the experience of transformation, the experience of uh, of losing losing everything. Yes, a lot of people are experiencing right now <clears throat> that the world is crumbling, 
And what many people are, and, and you know, there is in fact some truth to the reality of the fact that in many ways, um, you know, our old paradigm world is crumbling. It, it's receding. It's evaporating. It's, it's you know, it's, it's, fall, it's falling, falling away from us. Uh, but very often when people have the feeling of, oh my gosh, my world is crumbling, usually that is a reflection of the fact that their own personal worlds are crumbling. And what they're feeling is their own, per- their own personal world is crumbling. In other words, the, the person that they've, that they've been their whole life um, is crumbling. You know, the person that we've come to know and the person that we've grown comfortable with and, um, and those sorts of things. Usually it's that aspect of them that's crumbling, um, which is part of the transformation process. You know, in order to truly transform ourselves, and it's necessary for us to say one other thing about this whole uh, world crumbling and, and people crumbling um, aspect, aspect of this. Um, that that is part of the transformation process. Mm-hmm. So very often the transformation process, if we really um, you know, endeavor to transform ourselves, um, that's the way it feels. And we also have to acknowledge the fact that we are, you know, our Western civilized world here in the good old United States of America, uh, the world that, you know, in which we were all born and reared and and programmed and conditioned and all those other things. This is a very, very crazy world. There's no other way to to put it. It is a very imbalanced world, and it's a world that, uh, you know, can no longer sustain itself because of how crazy it is and and because of how imbalanced it, it is. Well, this is the world, you know, that educated us. This is the world that conditioned and programmed us. So this is a world that we all have to learn to kind of, we have to learn to let go of certain aspects of ourself, uh, perhaps most aspects of ourself, uh, in order to experience, you know, this transformation into being, you know, what I wrote in the introduction to you. Uh, you know, I referred to you as a multidimensional a multi-dimensional angel goddess or something like a multi-dimensional yes, right. uh, spiritual being. <laughs> Certainly yeah. we are not, we are not uh, conditioned and reared in this culture to mm. be multi-dimensional spiritual beings. As a matter of fact, that's the kind of a concept that, you know, on the basis of our, of our programming in the old paradigm, you know, somebody says, you know, are, are you a multi-dimensional spiritual being? You know, you know, huh? <laughs> What's that all about? I have, I have, I have no, no idea what that means. So, um, so when we transform and when we move in this direction of becoming multidimensional spiritual beings, that means letting go of, of you know, letting go of ourselves, letting, letting go of, of what we have, you know, grown to become and, and, and know and, 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 and accept about ourselves. And that can feel very, very much like death. And very often it, it really, it, it's fair to say it is a death because there's a certain part of us that actually dies. It's like a, it's like a, Caterpillar, you know, emerging from, from, or it's like a butterfly emerging from the, from the cocoon of the caterpillar. You know, that caterpillar actually dies, um, and yet the butterfly is a manifestation of a, of a, you know, the transformation of that caterpillar, uh, you know, into a, a higher ascended, you know, be, being, if you will. And it very much can feel like death. Um, but that in and of itself is, is not a bad thing. It is, it is a wonderful thing. And just about any shaman is going to tell you that part of their experience of becoming a shaman, part of their experience of becoming an elder or a, you know, a spiritual wise person, if you will, part of that experience is experiencing you know, the death of, of who they used to be. Um, and this is not a metaphor. 
this is very, very, uh, this is very, very real, and it really, really does, in fact, feel like that. And it sounds like you have experienced some of that in your own experience. I certainly experienced it in mine. I went through a process 10 years ago or, or, or so when I, I lost everything, and I literally had 17 cents, you know, left to my name at one point, and, and um, you know, the rent was due the next day, you know, right. those kinds of things. Right. Um, and when I went through that, I also went through this process where the old Jack really passed on at that point and moved on to another world. Um, and I really had nothing left in the whole world except my connection with spirit. That's all I had left. Everything else was gone. Right. And yet I learned a wonderful lesson from that. The lesson from that was that my connection with spirit uh, was really all that I needed. Uh, and it would be the foundation upon which, you know, the new Jack or the, or the, the butterfly, if you will, um, that would be the foundation upon which, you know, the spiritual Jack or the multi multidimensional being aspect of, of myself, uh, that would be the foundation upon which um, all of that would, would, uh, would flower and, and grow. So, um, so there's just a little bit of a, uh, of a reaction, of a, of a, of a reaction uh, to, uh, to what you said. Well, I love this. I love this conversation, Jack. And you're, you know, and, and boy, you, you so brilliantly talk about it in the book. But you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, I've had to go through this multiple times in my life. So I kind of consider myself a snake that goes through these seasons where my skin has to be shed, right? Uh, that, you know, that process of transmutation, that, you know, that shedding of the skin. You know, one of the things that, that I've learned this last go around is that spirit is all there is. And that, you know, for me, I had to go through a lot of things, just like you. I was homeless at 17. Uh, you know, 2008 was the worst year of my life. And for me to say that after being homeless at 17, I can only give you an idea of what happened. And yet at the same time, Jack, and you talk about paradoxes, so I want, I want to address this. At the same time, this beautiful gift called radio had come into my life in 2003. And I didn't know much about it. I pay for every hour of radio I do. Early on, I paid for it out of my own pocket. And yet I knew that there was a purpose to this. So on the one hand, we have the crumbling of our lives the way that we've learned and, or known about it. And on the other hand, we have this beautiful awakening. You know, are, can you talk to and address what you what you refer to as paradoxes in the book. Well, every everything is a paradox. That's one of the wonderful messages from um, from the Eastern wisdom. You know, the, and in the Eastern wisdom, Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, those kinds of things, um, they actually worship at, at the, those uh, philosophies or those uh, the spiritual systems. They actually worship at the altar of paradox. I mean, everything, everything is, is a paradox. Is, is a paradox for them. And in the world, let me let me share with you one of my most, uh, I, I think, which is one of the most uh, significant and relevant paradoxes that we're <clears throat> experiencing in today's world. And by today's world, I'm referring to this world that is in this state of shift or transformation. Or I really like the word transmutation because transmutation really says it. Uh, transmutation basically means changing from one thing into another thing. Um, so it's a little bit more, uh, it's a little bit more letting go of, of one thing and actually changing you know, from one thing into another thing, um, as opposed to it's a little bit more more dramatic uh, than simply a, a transformation. <clears throat> but one of my favorite paradoxes about 
uh, what we're experiencing currently in the world has to do with time. Because on the one hand, um, on the one hand, as far as our old paradigm world, uh, you know, shutting down and, and, and you know, bas- basically uh, collapsing and creating, you know, an opportunity for us, you know, to create the new earth or, or to create a, an, an entirely new world. Uh-huh. As far as all this happening is concerned, we don't have much time. We're there. This is happening. Uh, and when people say, you know, when I hear people making projections, you know, 20 years, 30 years into the future, I really don't think we have that much time. I, I, I really don't. We don't have that much time, period. This is happening now. It's coming to a close now. And yet, having said that, here's where the paradox enters the picture. Having said that, you know, anytime anybody approaches something from the point of view, oh, my gosh, we don't have any time, have that much time, what do they do? Well, they, they tend to start rushing, right? Oh, well, we have to hurry then. You know, we've got to hurry because, because we don't have much time. We've got to get this done. We've got you know, we to do more, blah, blah, blah. The paradox of this is, even though there's not much time, there is no rush. Because when we rush things, you know, that's when we really start to screw things up. And that's when, again, that's when our energy get, it gets all fouled up, is when we start to, to think we're running out of time, and so therefore we've got to push and we've got to pressure and we've got to make things happen and got to do, 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 do. Uh, so on the one hand, there is not much time. And yet on the other hand, there is no rush. And basically, what that means, but what, what that what that means is, um, it's incumbent upon each and every one of us, as far as these time frames are concerned, uh, to keep our focus very much uh, to keep our focus very much focused on the moment now, today, and getting to work on whatever we need to get to work on spiritually, whether it be working on ourselves or whether whether it be working on you know what part we play in, in transforming the world. Um, we really, if we start rushing and if we start, you know, going beyond, you know, the moment today, um, that's when, when, things, when things start to get fouled up. And that's really very, very true. Both those things are very, very true. On the one hand, we don't have much time. And yet, on the other hand, there is no rush because we need, you know, we need to focus on now. We need to focus on today. Um, and, you know, that's where our focus needs to be. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I, I hear and see so often, uh, particularly in, in the New Age folks who, who put so many of their own spins upon 2012 and, and the shift and, and what's happening, is this uh, uh, obsession that everybody has with, with dates and predictions and, and uh, you know, this is going to happen then and then this is going to happen then. And, and um, you know, it's all about dates and predictions and you have, you know, it's just it's just full of it, um, and I really think that that really gets people way uh, off track in terms of thinking about something that's going to happen in the future, uh, as opposed to recognizing that we we are in the midst of all this change, yeah. we're in the midst yeah. of all this transformation now. Yeah. So there's absolutely no point on you know focusing too far in the future. Um, yeah. There's only one time that matters, and that's now, this moment, today, uh, and beginning to do the spiritual work that's necessary to do today. You know, if we say to ourselves, well, you know, I'm, I'm pretty busy and I got my job and I got, got everything, all my other responsibilities, you know, I'll get to work on that in a couple of months. You know, that's, uh, that's kind, of, kind of missing the boat in, in, terms of, uh, in terms of what all this means. I totally agree with you. I mean, you know, somebody said that to me, you know, what it, you know, they asked me a question. I was interviewed on a show and they were asking me the question about, you know, what do you see as the shift? What do you see as this transformation? What do you see as 2012? I said, you know what? I'm still waiting for somebody to explain 2008 to me. <laughs> I said, you know, 2012, can somebody please explain 2008? 
<laughs> and, you know, and I said, I, I mean, am I the only one on the planet that experienced a tr- just mega transformation in 2008? And I, and you know, this is, and it really points to what you're referring to. You know, in the book, I think you say, don't push, flow. You know, flow is such a beautiful term, Jack, because when you think about flow, right? I live in the Pacific Northwest. You live in a beautiful place, California. When we here in the Pacific Northwest get to experience the snow when it melts through the passes and how the water comes down, right, comes down from the mountain, all of a sudden now we have this mega rapids, right? A month or two passes, and you can take your kayak on very gentle water. But the point is, it's all flowing. And, you know, you talk about this so beautifully in the book. What I would love to chat with you about when we come back from break is how we can help each other look through the world, look through the world in this, what you call, through new paradigm eyes. You know, it is so beautifully said in this book, and you go on to talk about creating the vibration. Jack Alice joining me here today, folks. The book is Prophecy, Challenge, and Blessing, Visions of 2012 and the Shift. We're going to talk about that as well as how to integrate the power of ceremony in helping us change this vibration. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Hi, this is Dr. Pat. Did you know most coffee, not all, have hidden dangers lurking in it? A recent investigation into grocery store coffee revealed three dangers. First, modern coffee farming produces dangerously high acidity and caffeine. Second, mold content in grocery store coffee contains dangerous toxins. Yuck! Third, government agencies have found grocery store coffee containing 400 times the carcinogens allowed in drinking water. You will be relieved to know that Camano Island Coffee Roasters takes the worry out of your sip of coffee. Imagine how your coffee tastes without mold, carcinogens, or poison. Get your free coffee report, The Five Hidden Dangers Lurking in Your Coffee Cup. Visit NakedTruthAboutCoffee.com to get your free copy now. That's NakedTruthAboutCoffee.com. And check out Camano Island Coffee Roasters. Tune in each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern Time on TransformationTalkRadio.com to the Elizabeth Anglin Show, your psychic connection to your soul's path. Elizabeth takes you to the Universal Etheric Space Library where soul records and life lesson plans are stored. This live call-in show will help you decide what your life plan is through the help of your guides and guardian angels. Visit ElizabethAnglin.com or call 1-888-640-4893 to schedule your reading with psychic medium, animal communicator, Elizabeth Anglin. 
and she's ready to see you now. Licensed psychotherapist Kathy DeBono is bringing her practice to the airwaves of talk radio, offering her unique brand of intuitive advice. Therapy has never been such a good time. From self-discovery to relationships, communication to coming out. Kathy's compassion runs deep, but her tough love will help you bang down the doors to your authentic self. Tune in, Tune in listen, listen, learn, and, learn and, laugh. and laugh. Traditional therapy is out, but Kathy is in. The Kathy DeBono Show, every Tuesday at noon, Pacific Standard Time. Are the magic and mysteries of Egypt calling you? Picture yourself standing between the paws of the Sphinx, meditating inside the Great Pyramid and other sacred temples and exclusive visits. Imagine cruising down the Nile on a luxurious private sailing yacht and exploring the peaceful countryside of Egypt. If you're interested in travel that expands, transforms, and rejuvenates you, join Dr. Friedemann Schaub and Danielle Rama Hoffman, author of The Temples of Light, for a spiritual and healing journey to Egypt this September. Call for more information, 866-903-6463. That's 866-903-6463. Or visit EgyptIsCalling.com. That's EgyptIsCalling.com. Tune in each week on TransformationTalkRadio.com, Wednesday at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern Time, and express and experience the infinite possibilities waiting in each and every moment as you listen to From the Heart with Elizabeth Cookson. Get ready for a packed hour of laughter, tears, and a soul full of emotions as Elizabeth raises your vibration and shifts your spirit. For more information about Elizabeth and to schedule a session, visit ElizabethCookson.com. Tune in to Dialogue Radio with Dr. Jeff on TransformationTalkRadio.com as the stories of the universe are revealed in this engaging and creative hit show. Mondays at 1 Pacific Time, 4 Eastern, Dr. Jeff fills the airwaves with Dialogue Radio, an epic conversation on self, society, and sustainability. Provocative, educational, transformative, and mythic, Dialogue Radio is the place where story seeds the imagination, heals the heart, and inspires personal, social, and planetary evolution. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. I'm Dr. Pat. It's great to have you here. Boy, I'll tell you, you know, I I get a lot of books that come across my desk. I get a lot of articles. Just, you know, it, it really is a blessing that I get to hear these messages that I actually call my career. I get to read about them. I get to watch DVDs. 
um, every bit a blessing. But I will tell you, this book that Jack Alice has put together, Prophecy, Challenge, and Blessing, Visions of 2012 and the Shift, is phenomenal. And, you know, he wasn't kidding when I asked that question that had so many layers. That came from one paragraph in the introduction. So if you are looking for uh, something that you can relate to, something that will help you understand what's going on in the world and in your life right now, you're going to want to get a copy of this book. Jack, thank you for joining me here today. Can you please let folks know the best way to find out more about you, uh, your upcoming events, getting a copy of the book and the DVD and, and, and just about everything else? Can I say one other thing about how, how, what I, how I think people will you know, resonate sure. or experience the book, and that sure. is um, I also I take great pride in the fact that I believe that I express things with a certain simplicity. Yes. Uh, so many writers are – it's so academic and it's so hard to follow and, you know, everything is so convoluted and, you know, what the heck are they talking about kind of thing. And anytime I, I read anything or I'm listening to anybody who's, who's hard to understand or complicated or convoluted, uh, I pretty much take from that that you know, I need to be listening to somebody else or reading somebody else because you know nothing nothing really is that complicated, and um, and I attempted to write a book that that wasn't complicated that people could just read it and understand. Maybe they wouldn't agree with it, but it, it wouldn't be you know it wouldn't be you know hard to to comprehend you know what I was you know what I was trying to say. But anyway, <clears throat> people, my website. My name is Jack. Last name Alice A L L I S S is in Sam. And my website is jackalice.com, J-A-C-K-A-L-L-I-S.com. And everything is there. Um, the books, uh, my, uh, my three books, uh, my two DVDs, and there's lots of videos, and there's lots of, uh, I think there's probably several um, uh, radio interviews, old radio interviews with uh, Dr. Pat Basile. Are, are, are yeah, probably that's there. right. You probably don't know this, Dr. Pat, but I, on my first DVD, um, which was a companion uh, to my book, I actually have three excerpts from my old radio interviews back way back at the beginning in, in 2008. Um, I actually have excerpts from my radio interviews with you that I incorporated into my DVD, and, and, um, and I gave you nice plugs there. And Thank uh, you. I had no idea. Thank okay, you. what do you want to talk about now? <laughs> well, you know, here's what I want to say. I mean, I totally agree with you because, you know, right now for me, I really need to get the messages that are not convoluted or complicated. You know, I really – I think that I'm not alone in this. I think we're talking about millions of people, Jack, that, you know, just give it to me straight. Um, you know, and, and, and to put this in the words of a gentleman I talked to about a week or so ago, he said, you know – we have been told so many stories. You know, things are not that complicated. What is going on that we have forgotten how to talk straight is what he called it. You know, he said, what is going on um, where, you know, the lessons of communicating straight out, and he said, not even honestly. You can't, you know, you can't even get a straight answer about anything. That's even a lie. And so I thought that was interesting. What I would like to talk about is I would like to talk about creating this, looking through the eyes of a new paradigm. What does that look like? And then how does that help us create this new vibration? Well, I think there's, there's really two, uh, there's a couple of different ways we, we can understand, um, mm -hmm. we, we can understand that. And I think one of the ways of, of understanding, you know, what it means by looking at the world through new paradigm eyes would be to take a, a quick look at our old paradigm world 
um, and what, what, what doesn't work uh, about our old paradigm world. <clears throat> our old paradigm world, which is, based, which is by the way, an illusion, um, our old paradigm world is based uh, primarily upon the preeminence of matter and the preeminence of the material world. And this is probably the greatest mistake that has been made by our civilization, um, is that uh, along the course of our history, and this actually happened a long, long time ago, but uh, um, the emphasis for what was important in life got shifted from the spiritual to the material. And uh, uh, as this happened, it, 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 uh, it, it, uh, it uh, magnified and, and increased over time to the point where, you know, the emphasis in our world was almost completely upon, um, you know, the world of matter, the world of materialism, and also the world of accumulating matter uh, in the form of money and things and, and you know, excess and, and all those sorts of things. Uh, and accumulating matter uh, at the expense of, uh, our spirituality, or, or the focus that, that we have that we have upon spirit. So when we start talking about the new paradigm world, and when we start talking about you know the world of spirit, um, we're dealing with a very, very, very different world. And boy, have I ever learned that um, uh, through my immersion, you know, in, in, into the world of, of the original teachings of the ancient Maya, because mm-hmm. we're talking about a, a very, very different way. Uh, of experiencing the world, uh, of seeing the world, um, and, and, and those sorts of things. Dr. Pat, one of my favorite <clears throat> ways to illustrate um, what it means to see the world differently, um, one of my favorite ways to illustrate that is through the wonderful model that we all have of quantum physics. Mm. Because this, this is a way that, that really kind of lays it out. And even for people who think really line, linearly and who don't have much of a, have a spiritual sense, this is something that just about everybody can grasp. <clears throat> because, you know, this did emerge, you know, from the world of traditional science. You know, it began with Einstein and then the, uh, and then the quantum physicist built upon Einstein's model and, and came up with something that was really quite, quite brain-boggling. And also uh, the world that they discovered and the world that they were telling us about um, is a world that was virtually identical to what spiritual traditions, um, you know, have been telling us about, you know, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. You know, the quantum physicists discovered that everything in the world at its base is energy. It actually consists of two things. It, it isn't only energy. It's also energy and it is consciousness. Everything in our world at base, at its root, consists of energy and consciousness. And it's energy that is in a state of lightning-fast movement. It's like a spider web of, of interconnected um, strands or fibers of, of luminous, pulsating energy. Um, that, is what, that is what everything is. We, as human beings, our world at base is all energy. Yes, there's a, a, there's a material aspect of it you know, that we can see and taste and, and touch and feel. Um, but yet... Right beneath that, or above that, however you want to look at it, dimensionally, um, it's all pure energy and it's all pure consciousness, uh, including us. One of my most favorite, one of my most favorite uh, teachers, and I know a lot of people. It's kind of a controversial area, and a lot of people don't don't care for this much. Um, but I benefited so much um, from the writings of Carlos Castaneda, um, ah. and uh, you know the the uh, Mexican. Um, um, uh, Indian sorcerer uh, Don Juan, who he wrote about, and Don Juan had something that he attempted to teach to Carlos, and it, it was the absolute um, centerpiece of the system of shamanism that he was teaching. 
And this was something called seeing. And he, he would always tell Carlos that what he's teaching Carlos to do is he's teaching Carlos to see. He's not teaching Carlos to see, you know, the, 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 the billiard balls of the material world, the way Carlos was accustomed to seeing the world. But he was teaching Carlos how to, how to do what shamans, what shamans in Don Juan's world um, had learned how, to do, um, learned how to do thousands of years ago. And that was to see this world of energy, to see this world of pure energy, and to not only see it, but be able to act in this world of energy. And, of course, in order to do that, uh, that involves certain you know, out-of-body experiences, uh, transcendental kinds of experiences, and you know a lot of which were assisted with you know the use of, of various uh, medicinal plants you know that uh, facilitated these processes um, and those sorts of things. But Don Juan would say again and again and again that uh, and, you know, his sorcerers the, 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 and the sorcerers of his lineage, uh, the, the primary you know foundation of their system was seeing this world of energy, seeing it directly and being able to act, being able to act in, in this world of, of energy. And our new paradigm world is very much, um, it is very much an other dimensional world. I kind of go off on a, uh, kind of hesitate to say that, because then people get kind of get this airy-fairy, um, you know, it's all out there kind of uh, yeah. uh, impression mm-hmm. of what this means, because uh, this does not mean, mean to diminish the importance of, uh, of our world, of our, of our earthly world. Because, right. you know, we can't, we can't, for, this isn't, a, we can't forget about that. And it's not about just transcending that and going off into another dimension, you know, and, and leaving the earth behind. Because, you know, both, both aspects of it uh, are, are very important. Um, but it's very important for people to, you know, to hold in mind, you know, that, that vision or that image of this world of pure energy and this world of pure consciousness, uh, which is basically what everything is, you know, at, 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 at its root. You know, we live in a, in a universe that is alive with energy, and we live in a universe that, that is alive with consciousness. Um, and when we do uh, achieve, you know, out-of-body states or transcendental states, um, this is the world very often that we, uh, that, that we access or, or, the world, or the world that we move to and the world that we can act through. So uh, just a little bit of a flavor of, of, what, um, you know, of, what, of what New Paradigm Eyes means you know, we could elaborate upon that a, a lot more, too, but that's, uh, it, it's a very, very different world. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you also talk about, and this is, what I, you know, this, this is why I love talking with you. My gosh, Jack, we should have done two hours here. Uh-huh. You know, you, you, I have to tell you, you bring to the forefront the conversation of the dark side, and I love that you do that. Because sometimes in the world that we tiptoe around, um, whether you want to call it new age, you want to call it old age, whatever you want to call it, we sometimes get to be afraid. We we sometimes are afraid to talk about things that aren't, quote, positive. But I do want to ask you about one of the things you do say uh, in this book that I absolutely love because, honestly, this has been my experience. You say – that understanding the role that the dark side plays in our world is the most positive thing imaginable. I love this part of the book. You know, some people say I have a little dark side myself. Of course I do. But I love the way you talk about this because when I think about my own life, and I shared some some things with you during the break, what I learned from taking a walk on the dark side, as it felt to me, accelerated 
what I'm doing in the world today. I don't really know exactly how to explain it, but I would love for you to talk a little bit about this, about that statement. Well, uh, we, we need to be real um, careful um, that we are clear about what we mean by the dark side, because I know that that's one of those things that conjures up something, you know, different probably <laughs> in everybody's mind. Yes. And, um, and uh, you know, and there are a lot of different dark sides. You know, we, we all have a dark side within us, you know, within, uh, within us as individuals. Um, when, I, when I refer to my own personal dark side, um, what I mean by that is, um, I mean the part of me, the part of Jack, that got damaged, the part of Jack right. that got damaged, you know, way, way back when, when I was, you know, a little baby and, and you know, going through all these very traumatic experiences, uh, um, you know, in this culture that basically just doesn't know the first thing about, you know, how to raise children properly and how to raise children in a way that is, you know, in harmony with nature um, as opposed to otherwise. So there's a part of me at, at, at core that is very, very damaged. Um, and that part of me is still there. Um, and I still, you know, to this day, I still work, you know, to be able to um, to understand that part of me, to let go of that part of me, um, and to figure out. Certainly, I, I make I, I make progress all the time in terms of um, in terms of my ability my ability to do that. But that's one thing that is meant that is meant by, by the dark side. Um, when I wrote the chapter on understanding the dark side in the book, though, I was talking about something else. I was talking about the dark side as far as. Um, uh, who really, you know, runs the show in the world in terms of, you know, how how things really work and, and uh, you know, who's really in control and, and, and those sorts of things. Because um, it, it is, in fact, true that, um, that uh, you know, the world is owned and controlled uh, and it is run very differently than, than the way that it is portrayed to us. Uh, and it is, also, it is also very true that it is owned and controlled and, you know, by some, some beings who are operating behind the scenes who really do not have our best interest as human, as human beings, um, you know, as, as, you know, their top priority. As a matter of fact, it, it isn't a priority at all. They would just assume, you know, that we all, you know, went away and, you know, didn't bother them anymore. Right. Um, and that's one of the things I, I meant by, uh, the primary thing that I meant by, by the dark side in the book. And the reason it's so positive to be aware of that is first of all, it's positive to be aware of that. And I know we could elaborate a lot upon what all that means, and a lot of people out there probably don't have any idea what I'm talking about right now, and maybe in, in their gut some, some, some place, someplace they do. But the reason that that's so positive is, <clears throat> first of all, it is the truth. And the truth is never a bad thing, ever. I don't care right. how dark it is. I don't care how ugly it is. Um, being aware of the truth uh, does indeed, like my friend David Icke uh, often says, you know, the, the truth is, you know, the primary way of being aware of the truth is the primary way, is one of the primary ways that we have of setting ourselves free. Know, you know, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Very, very true. So not only is it positive because it's the truth, <clears throat> it's also positive because it dispels one of the, the greatest illusions that is foisted upon us as human beings. One of the greatest illusions that's foisted upon us as human beings is the fact that, you know, um, this planet, that, that we are responsible for screwing up the planet Earth and for everything on the planet Earth because we're, 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 we're ignorant and we're greedy and we're violent and we're vicious and we're just really messing it all up and it's our fault. Well, that is fundamentally not true. It's not our fault. The reason it isn't, the reason, um, it isn't our fault <clears throat> is because uh, this whole thing, this whole the dog and pony show that's been going on on the planet Earth for the last, at least the last 6,000 years and actually a lot longer, 
Uh, there's been a lot of manipulation. There's been a lot of tampering. We as human beings have been tampered with. We've been messed with. We've been deluded. Uh, we've been, um, you know, uh, 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 foisted into this world of, of illusion. All of which has been uh, has been done to us. And um, so it's not our fault that the world is so screwed up. You know, one of the primary reasons that the world is so screwed up um, is because we have been tampered with. We have been messed with. And when we get down to who we, we as human beings really are, and when we really remember who we are, and why remembering who we are, that we remember that we're spiritual beings, that we remember that we're multidimensional spiritual beings. And when we get in touch with, with, with those kinds of things, um, when we have this awareness of the fact that there's been all this deceit and manipulation, uh, suddenly we can begin to see ourselves for what we really are. We're not greedy. We're not ignorant. We're not, uh, you know, behaving in, a, in, a, in an unconscionable way. And it's not our fault. You know, all of this has been done, uh, has been in many ways, this has been done to us, and it's basically been a trick. It's been a game that we've been, you know, tricked into believing is true when, in fact, it isn't. You know, so once we understand this game and how the game is played, and once we disentangle ourselves from it, that's when we really begin, begin to, to achieve true, true freedom. And uh, um, I don't know. I know this is all pretty far out for a lot, for a lot of for a lot of people, and I'm I'm t I'm talking about an awful lot in a very in a very very short you know chunk chunk of time here. But um, well, you know what so you're there, talking there's a about. There's a little bit about the dark side on, on a variety of levels. Yes, and, and the book covers this for those of you out there. The book that I'm referring to is Jack Alice's book, Prophecy, Challenge, and Blessing, Visions of 2012 and the Shift. You know, one of the things you do talk about, and I think this would be a great way, um, you know, to uh, bring our, our conversation at this time to a beautiful ending, and that is the spiritual, spiritual ascension. And what you talk about, um, you know, in the book, I think you refer to it, if I'm correct, the Ascension Diet. <laughs> well, okay, that's one aspect of it, yeah. Uh -huh. Exactly. But <clears throat> the thing that I know I've been so struck by in my life is going through the process of death and, re and rebirth over and over and over again, many times, and uh, and what that feels like. And each time, in, you know, having the essence of who I am get closer and closer and closer to alignment so that spirit and I are not different, that there is no separation. And I wanted to ask you, what are our greatest challenges to living that every day in and out? The greatest challenge. There are so many challenges on, on so many on so many different levels. Um, yeah, you're right. Tough. Let's, well, let's just talk about it. essentially our greatest challenges. Um, always come come from within. You know, the greatest challenges you know that we have to you know connecting you know with that spiritual um, part of ourselves or that mm. connecting with spirit and and you know reconnecting with, with the web of life, which is really what what it's all about. Um, and in order to do that, it is necessary for, for us to overcome the challenges that we basically create for ourselves. And I referred a, a minute ago uh, about how we are, you know, born and reared and raised and conditioned in a world that, you know, doesn't condition us in a, in a way that is very, you know, in harmony with nature or, you know, in harmony with spirit. Um, and so those challenges, um, you know, that come, that come from, from within us are really, you know, the, the primary challenge uh, that we're facing, the primary challenge that we face 
um, is to heal ourselves, is to heal that. I refer to that damaged core um, uh, a, a, a few minutes ago. To become aware of that, um, uh, to become familiar with it, to, to, know, how to, to know how to let go of it, uh, and to know when that aspect of ourselves <clears throat> continues to, uh, you know, to know when it's rearing its ugly head and, and when it's getting in our way. Uh, because I know for myself, and this is particularly true in this uh, time we're living in, where, um, you know, in this age of, of shifting energies, I know when, when people talk about the shift, one of the things that is often said is, you know, if you're hanging on to any baggage, you know, if you've got anything going on inside of you that's just kind of sitting in there and festering, um, it is during these times, you know, when that is going to emerge and when that is going to come up. Um, you know, that's just, that's just, that's just the, the nature uh, of these times. And it's so important for us uh, to be aware of that part of ourselves and to know when we're, getting in, when we're getting in our own way, you know, when we're beginning to trip ourselves up and when that old damaged part of, our, part of us, you know, is rearing its ugly head and, and, and creating uh, those challenges uh, for us. And, you know, when that happens, very often it's necessary to just go with that in terms of, uh, you know, very often it's necessary for us, you know, to feel the dark stuff uh, in order to get through it, you know, so we can get, so we can get to the light stuff. Um, it's very, um, it is a misconception for people to think that in order to overcome these challenges that come from, from within us, that the way to overcome those challenges is to sweep them under the rug or to ignore them or, or to pretend like they're not there. Um, it really is just the opposite. Uh, it's necessary for us to, you know, to take a look at those things and to become yes. very familiar and aware of them. And only by becoming familiar and aware of them uh, do are we actually then empowered to let go of them. And we do have the power to, to mm. let go of them, even though they can be very, very sticky and 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 and, um, and uh, you know uh, uh, they can hang on and be and be very uh, you know be very persistent. Yeah, uh, but we do have the power to let go of those things, and it simply is a question of us, you know, reconnecting the spirit, re- reconnecting with the web of life, breathing. Mm. That always works for me. I know it does, and you know what? We got more people holding their breath on this planet than uh, you could shake a stick at. Jack, thank you so (laughs) much for joining me here today. Jack Alice, everybody, go to his website, uh, jackalice.com, www.jackallis.com. Thank you so much for joining me here today. It's been awesome. You're welcome. I had a wonderful time here today, Dr. Pat, and uh, I would be happy to come back and talk with you anytime you like. I know we just barely scratched the surface. I want to thank everybody out there for tuning us in, turning us on. And remember this, you are radiant, you are amazing, and you are ready. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Pat Show. Oh, someday, not somehow.